singing, guys. If you guys can just stand and join us, we're going to sing some songs to Jesus and uh, Merry Christmas on this Christmas Eve. Uh, but before we begin, I'm going to just pray. I'm so glad you're here. Um, after we pray, let's just greet a couple people next to us and tell them Merry Christmas and uh, just uh, let's celebrate together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment, God. Our, this is our first uh, Christmas Eve service that we've ever, ever done. And uh, I just thank you that uh, just for the church family, God, that we are here for one reason only, is to celebrate you and your birth and, uh, and bring family together and life together. I pray that, uh, that we just have a great day just focusing on you. Let us not forget you are the main event. Jesus changes lives. Jesus has changed us, and that's why we worship, God. And I pray we, we, that's how we sing, that's how we live, Lord God, and that's how we worship today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. All right, just greet a couple people next to you, and uh, we're going to sing some songs.
moment think of the birth of Jesus Christ and it was a moment it, we're gonna talk about an extraordinary day that was very ordinary we try to think about the birth of Christ as this like crazy moment where everything was going crazy good and things were things were all right but you know when we really dig into what the Bible says about Christ it was very ordinary the way he came and that was absolutely on purpose our God wanted to uh, come uh, to be with us like us which is a odd thought you know that a, 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 an incredible almighty God would want to be with us you know sometimes you know you, you, if you if you're around someone long enough they drive you crazy you know I, I just wonder I'm like I think I drive God crazy sometimes but even in, in the midst of all that God's love is so big for you so as we think of the silent night as a as the team puts this together I want you guys to sing along and think of that ordinary night that God did extraordinary things. Amen?
guys can be seated. We're going to watch a, a quick video. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say it good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in, here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. Yes. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise man heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby i ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is going to change the world. That was awesome, right? <laughs> Merry Christmas Eve. Thank you guys so much for being here. I know um, every year it would be Christmas Eve, and at the last moment, John would be like, I'm going to go to a Christmas Eve service. I just want to go to a Christmas Eve service. So he would always go randomly to a Christmas Eve service. So he was very excited to do our first Christmas Eve service. So now he doesn't have to randomly go somewhere. <laughs> so thank you guys for being here and celebrating with us. And um, we're just going to take up an offering really quick. And um, really, we just pray that you have a great Christmas tomorrow. There's no service 
obviously. Um, we want you to be with your families and enjoy that time and have a good breakfast and eat way too much. And then uh, on New Year's Day, we'll actually be um, airing a service that we've prepared for you guys already. So we prepared it specifically for New Year's Day. So make sure to watch. You'll be able to watch it anytime. So that'll be nice. So if you want to wake up at 11 and then watch it, that's cool. If you want to watch it, you know, that night. So we just want you guys to be able to be with your family on these holidays. And then we'll meet you back the next week here. So we're just going to pray real quick and take up the offering. And it, also, if you didn't get a candle after the offering goes by, just raise your hand so they can get you um, a candle, because I know some people might have been missed. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come together and just to, to celebrate you together tonight. And so I just pray that these families would be blessed, God. I pray for their holidays and that you would just bring them closer to their families, that you would just let it be a day that they remember and that we don't forget what we're celebrating. So we thank you for each person here. And in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And like Candace said, on New Year's Day, we're doing our first online service. And so catch us online. I believe the stream is going to go live at 10, uh, 1030, just like it always does. And then you can catch it as many times as you want. And, uh, and if you can catch that on our app, yeah, we have an app. Um, you can catch that on Facebook or on Vimeo under Hill City Church. But uh, catch us on New Year's Day and spend some time together. Good evening. It's kind of weird to say good evening because all I ever have said is good morning, you know? And, uh, but it feels really good to do a, uh, a night, a service, especially for Christmas Eve. And Candace is right. I've always, I pressure Candace to go to Christmas Eve services with me for the last, I don't know, probably as long as we've been married. And she has never went, not once. She says no. She's going to stay home in her pajamas. I'm just calling her out. So I end up going with myself or with Gabe. So two Koreans step into some sort of church. It could be, uh, I, I, we've been to all sorts of churches around here. But it, it, that's what I, I love to just, uh, just uh, think on Christ on this uh, day. If you're a guest, welcome. My name is John. And uh, just glad that you're here. And this is our first Christmas Eve service as a church family. So Merry Christmas. But uh, who, who likes Christmas? Any people who love Christmas? And the rest of you people do not like Cozy 101, right? It's like the enemy. Some of you guys have been playing Christmas music after Thanksgiving. Any after Thanksgiving Christmas people? Like immediately after? Oh, you guys are horrible. Yeah. And it, like my, my wife tries to set, set up the tree at, after Thanksgiving, and I try to delay, delay as much as we can. Uh, but I, I enjoy Christmas. I enjoy like it's, it's, uh, it, we, have a, we are on a block where everyone's very festive. So everyone's decorating their house, and then there's our house, right? They have, they have the lights going, and our kids always ask us, why is everyone else's house so nice, Dad? Why, why isn't there any lights up? So uh, we are that house, but we are still festive. We have a tree, right? But uh, some of you guys, you guys have synchronized lights, the Jingle Bell Rock, right? You guys have all sorts of things going on. And uh, Ricardo, you want to turn this, uh, the, the drum off? But I was just thinking that um, there's Christmas carols, Christmas movies. What's your favorite Christmas movie? A Christmas Story, Elf. Both. We've, we've watched both this week, I believe. Home Alone 3. No, I'm just kidding. No one watches Home Alone 3, right? It's not even Macaulay Culkin. It's that other kid that you don't know. 
But, uh, but we watched Home Alone 3, right? We were so Christmas, we watched Home Alone 3. And, and, and we love Christmas season. It's, it's extraordinary. But I want to tell you, the way it all started was very ordinary. It was a very ordinary day. And you, you saw that. There was no hype. There was no decorations. There was no lines at Walmart. Who, who, went, to, like, the, who went to the mall this week? Yeah, that, yeah, all sad faces right there who have been to the mall. <laughs> You're like, this was horrific, right? And, and it, and it, but it was, there was none of that. It was quiet. It was calm. It was an ordinary day. It's crazy that God picked an ordinary day to be with us. We would think that we would, we would come out and we'd go crazy, but it was very ordinary. And in, in it all, let us not forget, because, you know, during Christmas time, there's a lot of hustle and bustle, right? There's a lot of things going on. But during this time, let us not forget, in all the festivities and all the celebration, that Christmas is truly, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. So tonight, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to tell you the Christmas story. We're going to run right into it. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, we, it's, uh, we're going to run right into it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God. We're going to just speak the Christmas story. It's called the Christmas story unwrapped. We're going to unwrap some things that we might or might not have known. Uh, but we just want to know you more because we believe that the only thing that changes our lives is Jesus himself, just Jesus Christ, Lord God, and the work that you did with your life, death, and resurrection, Lord God, that we can live again with you. We are so honored that we can hear your message, your story, your gospel. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. So this is called the Christmas Story Unwrapped, a story many of us heard with a beautiful eight-pound, six-ounce new infant baby Jesus. I don't know. There was a beautiful, no, some of you didn't catch that, all right? There's a beautiful young mother and, 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 and Joseph as the proud father. And, and in all the things we see on TV, it seems so perfect, but as you unwrap this story, when you unwrap this moment, it was, uh, it was different. It was different than you might have thought in your mind. And before I, I read this, I want to give you some backstory of what's going on. 400 years before the birth of Jesus, there was no nothing. There was no pro prophetic voice. There was no written Bible. So there was this big 400-year gap between the last book of the Old Testament to the birth of Jesus, right? Nothing going on, no, no miracles, no visions, no writings, no nothing. The people of Israel, the Jewish people, were living under Roman rule. Hope was bleak, yet God was up to something. And many of us here in 2016, you guys don't like 2016, right? I, I told you, Candace and I, we had a rough 2016. It was awesome, right? And some of you guys, uh, you would, would say the same thing. For you guys just got married, you'd say, 2016 was amazing. For us, we're like, uh, 2016. <laughs> and, and I don't know where you fit in that. It was, some of us, it was a very good year. And for others of us, it was very rough this year. And, 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 and you need hope today. And maybe this, that you just need a, just a, a fresh peace for your life, a rest for your soul and then this message is for you, because I believe in the gap of things, when we feel that God is quiet, God is up to something. He's not just, just quiet for no reason. And this, so this message is for you. The people of that day were waiting for God. And they had cries, and they, had, uh, they prayed to, for someone to save them. 
a Messiah to save them, free them from Rome. They needed a revolution. They actually asked. The Jewish people thought the Messiah or God would come and bring a revolution, a military revolution. But he did bring a revolution, but it was a revolution of the heart. It was very different. Not what they expected. It didn't come in military power, but in Jesus. And it's crazy because all of history was split on that moment. You think of, think of B.C. and A.D. All of history was split in that moment. And that revolution came, that, and that was Christmas. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. All right. And we celebrate the Word of God. We're going to do it one more time. You're going to cheer for the Word of God. Please turn to Matthew chapter 1. All right? We cheer for the Word of God because we believe it changes our lives. And uh, I'm going to read from 18 to 25, the Christmas story. And it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, quotations, right, she was found to be pregnant. And that's not good, all right, through the Holy Spirit. So here's Mary. Think of her predicament. Engaged to her, this man named Joseph, and before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. And I don't know about you, but if your fiancé says she's pregnant before you came together, it is not a good day. It is not a good day for you, right? But it gets even worse. She says, I'm pregnant by God. Like, like. I know we make God excuses like, oh, God told me uh, to continue uh, whatever. I don't know. Continue. Uh, think of the worst thing ever. Yeah, I hear as a pastor, you hear a lot of God told me. And I'm like, God would never tell you that. But can you imagine Mary using a God told me excuse like God got me pregnant? Like that is one thing you would not want to go there, right? So this is, this is what's going on. Now, Mary, scholars say, she was a teen mom. She would, she would be on MTV 16 and pregnant, right? And, and so as she's pregnant out of wedlock, which is not acceptable in the B.C. So she was ostracized. She's from a small town, so everyone knew her business, and, and, and there was no grace for that. Can you imagine the words of the townspeople in that moment? Like, what a shame. Look at Mary. What a shame. What a disgrace to her family. Some of her old high school friends, she's like, I always knew she was that way, right? You can just imagine she was scared and confused of her, of her situation. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So think of Joseph now. So because we have this one, we know just very minute of Joseph. This is actually the only part he comes up in the Bible. It's just right in the beginning of the birth of, jo of, of Jesus. Many people believe that Joseph died, so he, uh, Jesus didn't always grow up with a dad in, in that way. Think about that, because you never hear of Joseph ever again after that. So here is, here's, uh, here you think of Joseph. Imagine his struggles. First he feels cheated on, and then she lost her mind, really. God did this to you, and she's, he's embarrassed. He feels like a fool because he put everything on the line to get married. Yet he still didn't want to hurt Mary. He, he was hurt by Mary but wouldn't hurt Mary. So this guy was a good guy. He felt betrayed he, by the woman he loved who lost her mind. Yet out of love, Joseph decided to leave her quietly, it says. In verse 20, but after he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, 
Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he'll save the people from their sins. And so Joseph has a God moment, and the only way I think this, uh, that Joseph would ever stay with Mary, Joseph was told that he was going to raise God. I mean, no pressure. No pressure, right? You're going to raise Jesus, who's going to save this world. You're going to raise the Messiah. That's some parental pressure. I mean, I feel like I already have parental pressures in life. I know you're, you're having a son. You're going to feel the pressure. And, and, but imagine Joseph's pressure. And I'm going to read the rest out. It says in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. So this was spoken 600 years before by Isaiah. So you can even read, you can look this up in the, even in the Dead Sea Scrolls that is even dated before this moment. And Isaiah had written this down, spoke that there would be a virgin that would be conceived and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home and his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. And so we see in the story that Jesus did not start in extravagant circumstances, nor in a palace for royalty, but in a barn surrounded by animals to two unassuming, common country folk. And Jesus, he came, the first, Jesus came as a baby. Like, out of all the things that you could come, human babies are like the most powerless beings, all right? You, uh, I was uh, talking to my father-in-law. He said, like, when a calf is born, they start standing in a couple hours. When a human is born, they don't stand until I don't know how many months, right? They are just, they are powerless to do anything. And to think of God, uh, uh, who became man, to come powerless, not to come in, 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 in majesty or in royalty or in power, but in frailty, in hunger. He was hungry. He was in need. He had to be changed. He put, God puts himself in absolute weakness, which is the absolute, it's, it, it contradicts everything that we would feel that we would do when, if we were in control, right? We would come in the most power with the most authority, but God comes in frailty, and he, all this on purpose, he came in the flesh as a man so that he could redeem man by taking on man's body and, and punishment. He takes on the punishment of God for all mankind to do that. He had to come as a man. And so that in Jesus, that we could be right with God. Not because we're good. A lot of times uh, we, we think that church, uh, they teach us like you got to be good so God likes you. Like, the, the Christmas story teaches us the exact opposite. It, it says that since we can never be good enough for God, God came in our place in frailty so that he could take our place, take our sin, so that we can have access to God. Because Jesus is good. He loves us. And so that is the story of Christmas. And so I just have two points, and, and, uh, and we can take this with us, and uh, if and I, the first point is that Jesus knows your struggles. And I know some of us, we're like, no, you don't. You don't know my struggles. 
But, but as we read the story, I'm going to read you a couple verses out of Hebrews. It says in Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest or a representative who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. And then Hebrews continues to say in Hebrews 2, 17 and 18, Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that we could be our merciful, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest, our representative before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people, since he himself has gone through suffering and testing. And I love this last part of Hebrews. It says, he is able to help us when we are being tested. And I, I love that part because when we think of our situations, when we think of our difficulties, when we think of our past, and whatever your hang-up is, and let me tell you, we all are crazy, right? At the end of the day, like we all got hang-ups. I know we say, oh, these people have hang-ups, but I don't. And we, we like to point out people's weaknesses because it hides our own weakness. But at the end of the day, God had to come because we, we, we have hang-ups, we are different, we have past, we, we come up with crazy upbringings. And then some of us, we, and we have moments. And when you're doing good now, sometimes we look down upon a, uh, on others when they're not doing bad, right? When we're, we got it together now, we, we're like, man, why can't they have their marriage together? Have you ever said that? Like when you're doing good, you think other people are doing, uh, you're like, you, it's easier to point other people out. But then when you're doing bad, you're like, I don't want to talk to anyone right now. And it's so funny how, that, how human nature is so, and it shows our, the darkness of our nature. It really does. When we see, and I, and I see it in myself, and I call it, I, I, and this is a reality of my own life. I'm like, geez, like, when I, don't, when I don't feel like I need mercy, I'm not as merciful. And then when I need a lot of God's mercy and grace, when I need comfort, when I need his love, I'm like, uh, everyone needs God's love. You know, it, I'm open for everyone to get hugs, right? And it's so funny that we're made that way. But as especially church people, if you've been in church all your life, you will always struggle more in that area of giving people mercy because you, we think we, God, that our works and our merits and our righteousness is enough for God. And I'm telling you, it's not. We all need his grace every single day. We need grace to be saved, and we need grace to continue. Sometimes it's so funny that God saves us by his grace, and at some point we think we don't need grace anymore. That's for someone else. I'm telling you, we need more grace today than the moment that we were saved. We do. And so it stay there, guys. That's how you change your world. It is not by your good works. It's by, it's, it's, it's seeing what Jesus has done, seeing Christmas, and, and responding like, God loves me, right? God, number one, God understands me. And number two, God loves me. I just want to tell you that God loves you. See, our good works will never change this world. What changes our true heart, because some of us will do good things to feel better about ourselves. We will. Because that's how we are. We, we, we think we're good, but we're really about us. And the only thing that breaks that is when we really understand God's grace, that we, will ne we could never get to God on our own, so he came to us. And that is Christmas. And when you respond to that sort of love, that Jesus would die on a cross for us, I'm going to read you something that I wrote down. And, it, and I just wrote it in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, for our sake... 
God made him to be sin who know, knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And he became sin so we could become righteous. We traded places with Jesus. Everything that he deserved and is everything that we got, right? And everything we deserve, he got. He became so we could become. Say that. He became so we could become. Think about it. He became us so that we could be sons and daughters of God. He became, he became human so we could be heirs of God, become righteous, become hopeful, loving, and free. And that's the Christmas story. Number one, that God understands us because he went through everything we go through. When we say no one understands what I feel, when you say you don't know my family, you don't know my husband, or you don't know my wife, I want to tell you Jesus understands he understands loneliness. And I know during Christmas time, many people feel lonely, right? Uh, we say around here, what's worse than being uh, single and lonely is being married and lonely. And I'm telling you, you need people around you. So married folk, don't just kind of do your own thing. You need a family. And it's very important. And so God understands loneliness. Jesus understands daddy issues. He understands abandonment. He understands poverty. He understands he grew up as a construction worker. He was outcasted by his family. His friends deserted him. He was falsely accused. He was crucified on the cross for someone else's sins. God understands our crazy. And number two, God loves us. He doesn't want you to carry this life on your own. His purpose and his promise is for us. And as the worship team comes back, we're going to sing a couple more songs. And I just want to say this. God loves you. He does. With all our children here, it's okay. You can make them, let them go wild. This is such a family church, and this is the environment I, we choose to be in. Because we, we have to raise our children in, in, in an environment of family, in, in a, an environment of love, you know. We need to know that this is not... <laughs> Church service is not sacred. What's sacred is the person right next to you. And I, I don't want, I understand that this is a sacred moment, but sometimes we treat people like garbage, and then we come to church service and say, oh, this is sacred. And then, then, then I'm telling you, you missed the whole point of what Christ came for. He came for us. And I, I rewrote something. I, I rewrote a little bit of John 3, 16. I'm going to read it to you. And it says this, for God so, so, so loves you, and the people of this world, that he gave his very best, his only son, that whoever believes, trusts, walks, hopes in Jesus will never be too far for God to save, but have an ongoing, alive, everlasting relationship with God himself from this life to the next. And that is our hope for Christmas. And today I just want to ask us, from kids and all, how do we respond? How will we respond to Jesus, his birth? I believe some of us in here, I, I don't know where you are today and where you're standing with God, but I believe some of us in here, we need to make a stand for God. Some of us, you, you just feel the spirit of God, even in, in the craziness of life, you, you, can, you sense the spirit of God speaking to your heart, and the worst thing you can do is turn that away. The worst thing we could do is push the Spirit of God away when He's speaking to us. Because you know your life was meant for more than just living and dying. Just, just, being, just living this life. You know there has to be more for you. And I believe there is. And I believe you need to let, put your guard down. 
Put your guard down and let God heal your heart. Some of us in here, we need to push reset. We, we've, we've lived 2016 and we just let it pass by us. And we, we didn't think of God at any time. We didn't think of the goodness of God at any time. And I, I want us to push reset. And if you have not been in church in a while or anything like that, I'm telling you, church is you and the people that you surround. This is the church family. It's people. You need people in your life. You really do. So push reset to think that this is, it's my life, my thing, and let's live for God together, committed together. And the worst thing we say around here, the worst thing you can do is fake it till you make it because you'll never make it. You don't make it. The worst thing we could do is say, I'm good. How are you doing? Blessed. Right? You, oh, man. God bless. I love it. You go to church. Uh, hey, brother. God bless. Uh, and, I, and, I, and it's crazy. It's so easy. I'm like, uh, God bless. <laughs> I, I feel like I am a pastor. I have to say that. <laughs> but there's a pressure. But if everyone's so good and we can't be honest with one another and everyone thinks we're good, then the people start to believe that they have to be fake. They have to fake it to be a Christian. And that's the last thing we want here. Sometimes we need to be honest and say, you know what? I need prayer for my family. And I love it that you do that, Susan. Sometimes we need to say, I need strength. Sometimes you say, I need, I need people in my life. And the more we can be honest with, with our real situations, that is the church of Jesus Christ. Let us not be a church. Let us be the, a, a, a place, a service. That's not church. Let's be the church of Christ. And, and when we are set free, that's how we can set free others. But as long as you are, we lie to ourselves and we lock ourselves in place and you are not free, God can't fully use you into the abilities that he has placed you in. So I pray we push reset and let's take every opportunity to worship God. Let us take every opportunity to be the Christmas message, which is just super simple. It just means good news. And we're going to pray and we're going to sing a couple songs and we're going to pass, we're going to, we're going to get a couple people to light up some stuff. I need some light, uh, peop, lighter people and we're going to light some things and here. I got three of these and we're going to light some candles and we're going to sing songs with candles lit because I want to. That's the only reason because I, I remember that when I was a kid and I liked it. So we're going to pray. We're going to turn off those lights. Let's pray and let's remember Jesus for a moment. Let's just turn to, let's just play a music for like just, just a moment. Just pray to God for a moment. Just be quiet. Be still. Don't light anyone on fire, please. Father, on this Christmas Eve service, Lord God, where we're surrounded by family and friends, Lord, I pray that more than presence, we make memories today. We make memories with one another. And I pray, let us not hold back compliments. Let us not hold back things that we've always wanted to say. Let us, not, let us not hold that back, Lord. We don't know how long life is going to be. We don't know. We don't know our next breath or our next day. But in this moment where we have breath and life, I pray, God, that we appreciate the people 
that have spoken into us, that have made us. We love, we squeeze our children, we give them kisses more than presents. We tell them that, that, that they can, that they truly can do anything, that there is so much greatness in them, that God is in them. And that the birth of Jesus is this representing that we have life in God, which means that all things are possible, that we can look to you, God, and know that if we're alive, that this is an opportunity to be in on the God story. Let us not belittle it, but let's take advantage of it. And I pray during this Christmas season, God, let us make you great, God. Let us make you big. I pray for everyone who is struggling today. I know there's plenty in this room that are struggling right now. And I pray, God, be their peace. Be their joy, Lord. Surround them in your arms, God. Provide for them, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, be their healing, Lord God, and be their rest. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen.
Father, we just thank you that we can adore you. We love you. And I pray during this Christmas season, we remember you and remember what's most precious to you, God, which is the people right next to us and the people of this world, God. Let us not turn our face, Lord God, but let us face them, Lord God. Love people right in front of us, God, and love those that we can love, God. Let us not turn away or ignore it, God. You could have ignored us, but Christmas tells us you came as one of us to tell us that you understand and you love us. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thank you for coming. Make sure you take a selfie with a candle and you post it online. But God bless you. We love you. And Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs>